All right, it's time to take a moment to talk about our favorite spot in Portland of all that we feature here on the podcast, Zupan's Markets. Yeah, and Chris, you know, Zupan's Markets really embraces summertime flavors. You've got uh, burgers on the breezeways on Thursdays. On Fridays, you've got lobster rolls. If you're listening to this on day of release, that's today. And then, of course, they've always got great uh, sales going on right now on sale. Fresh and wild coho salmon. Nothing better than that on a summer night. Uh, maybe chicken is your thing. Ranger chicken breasts are on sale right now, $7.99 a pound. And not only that, they have a really great recipe for tequila grilled chicken. Ooh, I'm going to add this into my uh, menu for the week. Uh, seedless grapes are on sale. Summer salads. They've uh, teamed up once again with Ruby Jewel ice cream. They've got those great sandwiches. And then, of course, all your favorites, the uh, the meat department, the sausage of the month. Then you've got the produce department, the fish. It doesn't get much better than your local Zupians. And of course, that's all available in any one of three locations. Burnside, uh, there's one in John's Landing on McAdam and also Lake Oswego. Where else, Court? Zupans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It is right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures, with the co host, uh, that's me, Court Johnson, fresh off of vacation and i'll be honest with you chris i'm suffering from what do they call it the 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 vacation blues i don't know that feeling you have once you're done with a vacation you're like oh i've got to go back to work yeah how was that you were at uh, disneyland yeah we did disneyland we did kind of your stereotypical southern california things went to the beach we even threw in a day at universal studios uh, we actually love to go drive through beverly hills and and see those mm-hmm. just crazy homes and so we we did that and uh no it was it was a fun getaway the four of us my family and uh we're sad to be home oh well i'm sorry that this is the first thing you have to do when you get back to <laughs> well, no, no, but i'm glad you're doing it too we're a little late as as avid listeners might know this is going to come out a little late on friday but that's okay we're getting it done in the summer here yeah, I was going to say, I, I I don't know how many people woke up first thing this morning and went to their, you know, podcast player of choice and went, were looking for today's episode and were like, what up, guys? But, you know, if, if there are those people out there, thank you. That's great. And, and if you are those people or aren't, go like and subscribe this pod, to this podcast while you're at it and i'll look at the google news feed to see if there is a story on right at the fork listeners upset that their podcast was not in their box at six o'clock in the morning there we go yeah or or midnight you've done it in the past at midnight i've done it at midnight i've done it mid-morning i've done it i i think 3 a.m is kind of what i shoot for for whatever reason i don't know it just feels like a good number but anyway well, it's 6 a.m. on the East Coast right. for all our listeners over there. Yeah. So as you might imagine, I, you know, my energy level is a little low today, but it wasn't on Tuesday when we had this interview with Brian Deckert at the, from the Country Cat at the airport. And I think that's a key restaurant, as I mentioned in the podcast. In Portland, it's a first and last impression of the food scene in Portland for many people as they... Uh, you know, come in and out of the airport. It's been there for many years now, and Brian has been running it from day one. And uh, I thought it was interesting to hear about 
what it takes to run an airport restaurant. It's a very different animal than, uh, than a restaurant on the street. And uh, Brian's been doing it for a long time and certainly qualified. He's run a lot of places. And I think, Court, you haven't heard this podcast yet, but you will be, you have incentive to listen because uh, Brian's stories of his handling of NBA stars at uh, Pazzo restaurant years ago in the Michael Jordan days are really interesting and fun. And uh, I was enjoying those stories quite a bit. So he's had quite a, a storied history in Portland and elsewhere, um, starting from Pazzo and some other spots as well, to the Country Cat. I think it's... Uh, it was great to get to know Brian. I didn't know him that well. And by the end, um, of course, we complete the the episode with some discussions of baseball for those who are interested. He's a Mariner fan, but he happens this weekend. He's at Fenway Park uh, as a baseball fan. So nice. we complete the episode with a little baseball discussion. I started on it in the beginning and said, hey, let's hold this to the end. Didn't want to lose people. <laughs> Well, you know, you're either into baseball or you're not. So that's probably a smart choice. Right, right. So those that aren't probably would tune out, and I would rather they do that at the end. But but at any rate, I really enjoyed this one, and I hope everyone else does, and they have a good summer. Um, While just one little thing, we have a trip to Spain in April with Javier and J.L. Quinteros of Urdaneta, and we have room for that. We have no room for our trip in the fall. We sold out our trip last spring, so we just put it out now. You can go to portlandfoodadventures.com and check out Trips You Can Book and look at the Spain tab, and you'll see all these wonderful images from our trip uh, a few months ago. So I encourage anybody to uh, in on that before that sells out. Um, But you don't have to buy anything to listen to this episode with Brian Deckert right now on Right at the Fork. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years now, Ringside has been providing the best in steaks and has been the home for the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Now featuring dining in their updated dining room and al fresco in one of the nicest outdoor dining spaces in the city. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com and while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about the exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. Featuring the best chef-centric experiences in Portland since 2010. Go to portlandfoodadventures.com to see about the exciting trips our host Chris Angeles leads to places you have dreamed of going, like Western Sicily this September. It's time to stretch your international wings and expand your culinary horizons. Let Portland Food Adventures do all the planning to the best dining and culture all over Europe and elsewhere with Portlanders you'll get to know and enjoy. Portlandfoodadventures.com. 
Okay, we've got Brian here, and you are not at the airport. You're recording elsewhere, correct? Everywhere else. All right, and I like that little image behind us. What is that? That looks like a uh, the red balloon from the, except it's a heart balloon. Yeah, it's the Banksy. Um, it's a replica. Um, I, I have a condo over on the Columbia River on the Vancouver side, and it overlooks. I, I look at work from my balcony. Oh, you um, can see what's going on. I try to avoid that, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, when I moved into the spot, it had a huge wall, the wall that you're looking at, and nothing I own could fill that wall. So I, I ordered this bank seat to, to give it some some depth. Oh, nice. Well, I appreciate your joining us this morning. I understand also, I don't want to get into this right off the bat because I think it's going to, it may turn some losers, some losers, some um, listeners away because I understand you're a baseball fan. I was just checking in on my baseball news this morning. It's the trade deadline today. So let's, let's do that later. So maybe we'll just tell people if they're interested in, uh, Baseball, and you're a Red Sox fan, I believe? No, I'm a Mariner fan, but I'm making my first Coleman Bridge. Coleman, oh, Coleman that's what – oh, okay. So you're going to Fenway, and you're a Mariner fan. Yeah. Okay. I like oh, baseball. Good, good. So – and you also um, – you also like Travelers now because Travelers um, are your patrons over at uh, PDX. PDX has gone through lots in the last couple of years, not only with the yeah. pandemic <laughs> – but they have, you know, it's expanded quite a bit. And, um, you know, you've been over there at Country Cut for how long now, Brian? Uh, seven years. It doesn't seem like it, right? Uh, it's gone by, yeah, it's gone by pretty fast. Well, that's different for you than it would be for me as a, uh, you know, as a diner. But for you, as someone who's there all the time, I'm sure seven years, it might seem like seven years. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the Sappingtons, as you know, um, have a part in it um, with the country cat. It's it's the first venture that we did inside an airport, so it was it was different right off the bat, and it was a learning curve because we had we had successfully opened up places and done things. Our our career paths had led us to what you would imagine would be like an easier opening than it was, but it was it was a hard opening because seven years ago. Um, we didn't know what the airport had in store for us. And on day one, we found out a lot of things that were I different th than I, th I think, well, that location is superior, right? So you, you pretty much, you don't have to wait for people to come to you. It's the first thing they see after security. So they're either walking into your space uh, really annoyed or really happy that they got through. I've done it both ways. Yeah, I mean, we, we try to treat it like a street location. Um, so that it's, it's a, an experience that's different for the guests. Um, we, everything we do, we make it harder on ourselves. You know, we won the best restaurant in an airport in America twice in those seven years. And oh, congratulations. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. It's, um, I mean, we, we've worked hard for that. And by, by doing it as we didn't, we never settled, you know, we, uh, we kind of pushed the boundaries and by pushing the boundaries, we made other people take a look at what we were doing. And, you know, the, the normal, the normal, how you do business in the airport changed. And I mean, we've literally had people fly up from Atlanta and stuff like that in Seattle to see what we're doing because 
we have less freezer space in our kitchen than most people have at their house. And so like when the, the deliveries are difficult at an airport to start with. Um, and so the delivery company right off the bat was like, so where's all the freezer stuff? And we we're like, we don't have freezer stuff. And it was that, that was a new concept for them. Um, we're bringing in product. We're all finishing it. And then, um, and then we treat that throughout the whole place. You know, the, the every selection that we do is well thought out. It's thought out from, you know, if I was sitting down, what would I want to be seeing around me? You know, you and I walk into places mm-hmm. and we can tell, we can tell they know what they're doing. You know, they, they've got a, they've got an idea of their concept and, you know, and then you adapt, you know, you adapt to what the, the environment provides you and who the guest is. But, uh, you know, our, our success is based on us, you know, bringing in fresh product and treating it like a street location. And, you know, Portland's not too big where people don't notice, you know, and they, they, you know, they quote, like you said, that there's been a lot of changes at the airport. One of the big ones that hurt us was that they closed the corridor between the gates on the other side. And we used to see a lot of Alaska credit cards before that. And that, that was a big compliment to us because I mean, people were coming to us specifically you know, um, and then, then traveling through the corridor to go to their gate. And that, that was, you know, just shy of, I bought a plane ticket to either place. That was, you know, that's, that's the kind of biggest compliment you can get. Well, you probably had a lot of people who bought a plane ticket to come to eat in Portland and you were, you were there either on the way there or on the way back. So you touched a little bit on why people would travel, why other restaurants would travel across the country to check out what you're doing. Uh, you know, I'm sure in part it's because of um, serving fresh food that's that's prepared there um, from fresh ingredients. Uh, there have to be some other things that you're doing differently there that aren't being done elsewhere that people want to see. What are what are the things that have led to your winning uh, the best restaurant, best airport well, restaurant twice? Well, absolutely. I mean, that, our culture is, um, bar none, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we had to close down for a year during the, the pandemic and I had to sit outside of security and give 54 people a paycheck and collect their badges or security badges. And without the idea of when we're going to open it back up, it could have been a week, two weeks, a month, but it was a year. And, we, when we reopened, 100% of that staff that we reopened with was from that previous staff. And when you look at our staffing, you know, most of the people have been there with us from the beginning. And that's, you know, it's kind of like that cheers mentality of, uh, you know, knowing, knowing, you know, people feel uncomfortable when they walk in. And it's been, you know, the, the learning experience, you know, the, the thing about it is there's an airport culture with staffing. And we, that was one of our first big lessons is there's a, you know, there's 10,000 people that work at the airport and a lot of them hop from restaurant to restaurant trying to find the, the one that will provide them the most money. And we kind of, you know, we, our winning formula is everybody makes money, you know, working with us. Um, and, but you also take pride in what you're doing and you feel a part of what you're doing and the guests can feel that. And it's, it's down to all the way down to like, we might have a band come in at 6 30 in the morning traveling out of here with their you know with their instruments and i'll offer to buy them breakfast if they'll get up and sing a song for the for the crowd and it's the moments like that that you know set you apart 
Hey, can I have that deal? Can I sing for a free breakfast? You bring in a <laughs> you know, then it goes back to Janis Joplin. There's a place in Austin, Texas called Thread Gills. Mm-hmm. And back in the sixties and seventies, and Thread Gills just opened I mean closed because of the pandemic. But back in the sixties and seventies they had a thing where you sing for your supper. And so Janis Joplin was discovered there singing for a chicken fried steak. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's the. I mean, that's the story I share with the. You know, and, and you know, it's it's up to the the, the musician or whatever. You know, I, you had a, a kid that was seventeen years old who was going to a violin recital, and I didn't want to put any pressure on him. Said, but you, you know, he's with his family. I was like, you get up and you play a song. This is on us. Wow. So, are you trying to tell me that I can't belt it out like Janis Joplin? Are you hinting that it's I, up I, to the I person think- and where you're not going to be the one? I think the jury's still out there. <laughs> well, I know what the, how the jury would vote. Yeah, I have no voice whatsoever, but still, you know, singing for a meal, a lot of people would want to do it. So, um, but yes, I think you maybe need to uh, ask them to provide a picture of the marquee from the night before or the wherever they were. That would probably be a, a determining factor. You know, so Country Cat was always one of my favorite places. As a matter of fact, it is... Dining at the original country, country Cat over in Montevilla and being able to chat with Adam Sappington while I was sitting at the counter and having him, I will never forget this, having him talk to me while I was cooking. And that impressed me greatly because I can't multitask when I cook. I can't talk to anybody. But he was not only that, but I learned um, at sitting at the counter, I learned how to warm food so I didn't have to have a crescendo of everything being ready at the exact same moment there. But also I remember distinctly him handing me a little dish full of clams and said, try this. And then I thought, this is a very different experience than anywhere else and now i find it well obviously they are still involved in the restaurant you know at the airport but i found it funny that they're now running a a, amusing not funny uh a vegan uh restaurant in portland plant-based 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 oh okay all right i have to you know, I don't even know all these, all the perfect terms for everything that's going on, and I should. Yeah, everything's to, new. You need to know everything. Yes, there's, well, everything new. there's a lot to know, not only with regard to how to identify food, people, anything. So, um, Absolutely. so I'm learning that. But so they're doing plant-based. They used to, you know, Country Cat was known as the meatiest of meat places in, in Portland, which was a pretty meaty place. So... Um, how are they doing now? I, I see some Facebook posts of their son, who's an incredible athlete, right? So I see them going to those games. I don't see them posting food very often these days. Yeah, I mean, um, Jackie and Adam are great human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, everywhere I've associated myself with, it's I've tried to make sure that the people I'm working with have a similar vision. And fortunately, I've found that in all my my career uh, well not always found it but when i find a home i find it because of that and they're just good human beings and they're good people and so country cat at the airport is a triangle of jackie and adam myself and then a financial group restaurant financial group out of california there's no restaurant in an airport that doesn't have some kind of backing and so yeah the country cat on the street location you know it was, it was the lease you know that neighborhood changed 
Um, they they had it for 10 years, and it was a time to sign a new lease. And I don't think they really were in for it for the next 10 years in that location. So they still own the copyright to it. And, um, and you know, Adam is from Missouri. So that's where the wholesome meat and potatoes came from. And that was his baby. And then Jackie's from LA and she's, uh, this is, you know, they, they, she took her pastry making career and helped, you know, or, you know, complimented the country cat with Jack, with Adam there. And Adam has stepped back and learned how to do plant-based food and he does it well, you know, he does it as well as anybody. And, uh, and that's because he knows, you know, when you work with certain people, you know, they know. And, and Jackie and Adam are kind of those people that we share values, culture, and uh, a vision together. So did you, how did you hook up with Jackie and Adam? And let's talk a little bit about your, um, you know, your previous history in restaurants and a little, your journey, how you got, how you got here. I don't know. So yeah, let's, let's cover you, you mentioned some yeah. previous uh, restaurant people. Let's cover those. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, the start, you know, like, like a lot of us in, uh, in this business of doing what I'm doing, um, you started in the business in your early years, and it probably wasn't what you planned to do, um, but it's what you ended up doing and applying those things you planned to do to it. What did you plan? Um, what were you planning to do? Or like well, ma- many of us, we had really no plans. It's kind of a no plan, but it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was in Portland, um, going to college at Portland state. Um, and I got a job doing the room service for a new restaurant hotel in town called Pozzo's in the Venice Plaza back in, in the early nineties. And it, that kind of like got me hooked. In was that when Vitaly Paley was there by any chance? No, that was when Dave Machado was okay. there. Um, and, you know, I was young. I was young. And at first they hired me just to run food up to the rooms. And within months I was on the floor with a bunch of career service, you know, service industry people. But the, the, the thing about that with that experience was um, I got this job and, and uh, within the first, months you know the the bulls and the blazers played in the finals and the bulls stayed there um and that's not only did the bulls stay there there's an entourage that travels with them so you know i'm young and i'm uh, i play baseball and so i'm gonna you know as an athlete and, you know i was on and then right after that was the uh the first round draft pick out first time outside of new york city and so it was the year Shaquille O'Neal came out. And so that was, they all stayed there. And then there was a thing called the Dream Team. And they had to play in the Tournament of Americas. And so it was held here in Portland. So the whole Dream Team stayed at the Vintage Plaza. And I was chosen <laughs> as a young, young man. I mean, I was still a kid um, to be the liaison between the restaurant and the hotel for the Dream Team. So I had to go like, through an FBI clearance and stuff like that. And I found myself for a couple of weeks on a daily basis, you know, um, in the rooms with the, the, you know, the NBA's greatest players of all times. But the thing is, is I never, ever acknowledged who they were when I was on a one-on-one basis. And so they called me little man the whole time. The whole team did basically, you know, little man, little man. And so they, you know, I, you know, Jordan, you know, the other guy that was given the same role as me, um, he was an autograph hawk. 
and they 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 stayed away from him. You know, they they're very cold to him. And mm-hmm. I actually watched the third inning of a Cubs Phillies game with Magic Johnson in his room because he was like, "What else do you have to do right now?" <laughs> and I was like, wow. All right. So yeah, so it, it, you know, you, 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 that first brush with that and realizing human beings are human beings, and you'll get to know somebody much better if you just treat them like you treat anybody else, and they will treat you, in the, in, you know, it'll, it'll, it's reciprocal. But in the same. I was going to ask, is that something you figured out yourself or that somebody told you, hey, it would be cool if you didn't, if you just treated them like they were John Doe? I, I mean, I, I grew up playing sports and it was a comfort level that I had in the fact that, I mean, it didn't, it, I don't think I was thinking it. I think I was just doing it. And, you know, I mean, down in the restaurant at any given time, you'd have Chevy Chase, Spike Lee just being part of this experience and you know they're outside the hotel and the restaurant there was you know security and there's thousands of people trying to get an autograph at any given time and so when i was up there they would have to sign the you know the u.s basketball they'd have to sign the, the whatever they're getting you know and i i brought up the bottles of bailey's clue and vodka to to their poker games and saw you know piles of money and stuff like that but when they'd sign off on it i would take and rip off the their, their actual signature and take it out to the littlest kid I could find that was not going to get an autograph out of it, you know, and I crossed. So that's just kind of the way, way I treated it at that age, you know. Kind of thing. Very um, cool. And, I, I assume you weren't giving them the credit card numbers. That would be a nice one. No, there was no the U.S. <laughs> basketball. The Olympic Committee was picking up everything there. But, um, but in fact, um, Jordan and Barkley – um, they, at the last night they had to play Brazil for the finals and there was like a, a going away. It was a lot of going away before they went to Barcelona and, um, they asked me to wait on a group of them, um, in the, in a private room, which was a glass enclosed private room at the time. And so and it was, it was a, amazing uh, people, Bill Cosby, um, Charles Barkley, um, Ahmad Rashad and his wife Felicia. So you had Bill Cosby and his, his, you know, his um, sitting at the same table with his real wife. And then it was Jordan and Barkley and there's a few others in there. And so it was when Widmer Hefferweissen was all the rage. And mm-hmm. you know, I'd been on a I'd been on a first name basis with these these guys for a couple weeks going into this. And so I ended Cosby came and he sat in the room for about an hour. And this is before we knew what meditating was. He meditated whole time before anybody got there and he just was in the cell and so then they all got there they sat <laughs> yeah. down and- you, you maybe felicia gave him something to get him in his zone maybe <laughs> you know, Possibly. I, I don't want to go into that but uh yeah. but interesting uh yeah go ahead. And, and, i'm sorry i interrupted you so yeah that's all right and so the, the the thing is they uh i walked into the room and you know pots was new and it was you know shining at the time and it was one of the three or four restaurants that's established Portland's dining scene that we have today. And there was a, spe- you know, Machado was, you know, he expected you to, to do, you know, so there's a special spiel. And I walked in the room and Jordan was sitting at the head of the table, right behind where I, I walked in. And, you know, there's these people sitting around this table and I started into the special spiel and I looked at Jordan, in the back of his head, and I saw the veins and stuff, and I, I could not tell you what county I was in. I just felt a cold streak go down my spine. And, you know, there's certain people you meet along the way. And so they all, you know, they're like, oh, what's going on? And Jordan looks back at me and goes, you okay, little man? 
And, <laughs> and I was like, and I luckily survived that by saying, because they had just beaten the Blazers in the finals, the Bulls. And I was like, now I know how Clyde feels, you know, kind of thing of, you know, uh, confronting greatness. And then so, so, but then they were all drinking Widmer Hefferweiss. And then he was like, how much alcohol be in this beer? And so <laughs> it, it made the moment light. And we went from there and it was, you know, but it was, it was one of those moments where I, I remember distinctively those veins in the back of his head. Yeah, well, that's a good one. I actually saw his last game wow. in uh, Philadelphia. It was. I took the train down there. I didn't get there. That's spectrum. Yeah. But, um, you know, I would imagine there's, so as guys like that travel around the world, they deal with lots of people like you. And there probably aren't a lot that have it down in terms of, um, you know, making them not feel like you're an autographed hound. Uh, You know, I've had some experience in the rock and roll world, hanging out with some pretty big bands. And, you know, I'd bring friends and the friends that would just try to be as casual as possible were often, you know, had a great time. And the ones that were all googly eyed were generally I was asked to escort them out of there because they made everybody uncomfortable. So, um, but on the other hand, I was going to say celebrities have to expect that and they probably appreciate it even more so when someone is, is be able to keep their cool around them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm old now and then the, you know, relationships no, you're not. Are, oh, I am. No, your <laughs> hair is a lot darker than mine. So I'm not going to allow oh, you yeah. to say that. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I mean, this business is about relationships, you know, it's, it's about, it's about connections and that goes back all the way down to the vendors and, you know, your neighbors and stuff like that. And the, and the guests, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So not differentiating and, uh, um, yeah, it does allow you access. It does allow you. It allows them to let their guard down. You know? I mean, Jordan, when I go up in his room, I um, he ha- he he was a business. You know, he was a business. And Did he have an entourage he, around him? Like you know, people well, he, had, who- he had bodyguards, and so he was yeah. in a suite, and he would hide until he realized who I was out there, and then he'd come out as soon as he you know he, he was safe. You know, kind of yeah. Thing. So that. It's a hard way to live. You know? It's a really hard way to live. And, you know, a lot of people want to be famous. I don't necessarily think that's the best way to live. I mean, you can't go anywhere. You can't yeah. walk down the street without anybody gawking and asking you stupid questions. Um, yeah, no, I would imagine. Well, I mean, all, that's pretty, know, but that's pretty you, – you dealt on a very high level. You're not talking about somebody that most people had heard of or some. You're talking about – you know, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and, you know, even you have to acknowledge the celebrity status of Bill Cosby, especially at that time. At that time, yes. Right. That was right after his show, right? His TV Mm -hmm. show or right during it. I don't know. But um, very cool. Do you get celebrities? Let's go back and do some more of your, let's talk a little bit more about your trajectory. But just as while we're on the subject, do you get celebrities in the airport now you must coming and going you mentioned yeah, well, absolutely, music, absolutely. musical acts absolutely i mean comedians um absolutely i mean that's that's something that i try to teach to the staff is you will get to know somebody much better and the the comfort level of everybody is based on you treating them just like anybody else and so yeah i mean i've, I've been doing this for 25 years you know and you know i, I I could go back. I ran Doug Fur for almost a, a decade. Um, and so, Which part uh, of Doug Fur? The, the whole, whole thing? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you not only had the restaurant, you had downstairs, which was kind of a zoo, right? I, you know, I have so many memories there of wanting <laughs> to sit. And, uh, no sitting, no sitting. <laughs> no, and that's probably as I got older, cause I could stand when I was younger, but I never liked venues where you had to stand the whole time. So, but Doug Fur is very cool. And I understand that just went through, um, renovations too. That I don't know if I've been over there since, but yeah, I mean, Mike Quinn, who's monkey, he's a, he's a pal of mine. He's a colleague. He owns uh, the largest, largest independent booking agency, you know, and that's, that was part of, you know, part of relationships is. To this day, all you know, Edgefield is you know that they book all the shows at Edgefield. So the relationships, you know, stand the test of time because Mike and I, you know, we have a great relationship. Um, you know, if you if you go back to you know the Pazzos and I was in college at Portland State, um, I, I I was kind of floating like we both you know, and, <laughs> and so I I decided that I I was had roots in Austin, Texas. And I kind of had a, a love affair with it. So I, I packed up and went to Austin to finish college. Um, and being introduced to the money involved in waiting tables and stuff like that, you know, it, it's a great avenue. Um, as long as you treat it like it's supposed to be treated, you know, kind of thing. And so I, I moved to Austin, um, right. I mean, the summer after the dream teams, you know, and, um, when I got to Austin, there was a restaurant called Mezzaluna, um, and it's kind of like the uh, – it's where Austin grew up, started growing up with the food in world. And mm -hmm. as soon as I walked in there, I was like – I I had to get a year's re residency by sitting out of school. But uh, um, I, I realized right away, this is where I want to be. And it's – it's Austin, I mean, it, Austin literally grew up with this. It was one of those restaurants where the, uh, the relationships continued, you know, from – building and so I, I waited my way through school and then when i was finished at age 20 i mean by the time i was 27 i i'd finished school previous but i was uh i was given the keys to mezzaluna as my first gm job at 27 years old um right. and that's that was a you know four five, four to five million dollar operation so that and i <laughs> i look back and i was like what the hell were they thinking <laughs> um, because i mean that's where people you know came to i mean austin is Austin drinks its weight in alcohol every weekend, you know, kind of thing. And, and Mezzaluna was one of those places where, you know, luckily we closed down at midnight um, so that, you know, but it was one of those places. And so I, I, I was there um, for 10 years uh, total and I was a GM for the last uh, four years. And then um, it, it was kind of the incarnation of the celebrity chef at this time um, and Jeff Blank who was kind of like one of the grandfathers of, uh, of being the celebrity chef. And he's Aspen, you know, Aspen, he's one of the originals of the Aspen food one. He approached me to go out to this place called, uh, Lajitas. And Lajitas was in West Texas where this, uh, this multimillionaire, like, uh, was, had bought this little town on the Texas Mexico border and was trying to create a, um, a, a, place where the rich and wealthy could go and and uh get away from it all like literally it was as far removed from civilization as you could imagine and, this and it took a state. private plane they probably had an airport oh yeah yeah, there was, yeah yeah there's all kinds of you know i mean they, they, they talk about yeah i mean the people that were coming out there were you know 
Ford 500 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was, re- I was recruited by Jeff to go out there and do what I, you know, what I do. And so it was the first time from taking Mezzalunas, what I learned as far as the wine programs and stuff like that was taking and incorporating that in the middle of nowhere, Texas on the Mexico border, Big Bend National Park. And, you know, I was, I was brought out to oversee that there was an Ocotillo restaurant that Jeff and I opened up out there. Um, and that was like, I mean, it was Jeff owned Hudson's on the Bend in Austin, which is like a staple of the Austin culinary world from that. And Jeff's, you know, Jeff's old in hell. And so he's, he's done. But uh, he, he recruited me to go out there and, and be kind of like Jackie and Adam right now, you know, be that person that, that oversees everything while, you know, that kind of thing. And so I, we were out there for three years. And it was, I mean, it was 180 miles to the closest stoplight from where we lived. Um, oh, wow. Was, I, I've been bragging for years that I'm 25. 180 is pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was, it was 320 miles to El Paso, and that was the closest, like, oh, my God. Movie, movie theater and stuff like that. So, that's, how, uh, that's, that's a long Costco run. Yes, and you don't forget the vanilla. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't forget the vanilla. And so, yeah, we were out there for three years, and um, Oregon was home, and Austin was kind of in my rearview mirror at that time. And, you know, when you're when we were going to start a family, and that was not the place we were going to start a family. Um, so Portland made so much sense in that capacity because that's where I grew up and came back here, and that's where Doug for you know, became part of my my story mm-hmm. and so it was there for the better half of a decade and then um you know and that was different but everything you look at it's something that's setting the bar for other other institutions you know whether it be the music or the food the wine or kind of thing that's and that's what we've done with the airport but i, I opened a clipping brewing as well and spent uh wow you know, that, that was prior to uh prior that's, to a hell of a, that's a hell of a resume you've got there um, I've been lucky. I've been lucky. I've been, um, I've been surrounded by people. I've been, I made good choices in the people that I choose to surround myself with. Yeah, but um, it's not always your choice too. I mean, you have to, well, no, you make it your choice by doing excellent work and having a reputation that, uh, causes people to want to hire you. So yeah, that is how you make it your choice. Yeah, I, I, I like to think that I never really have to introduce for a job. You know, it's more of a, hey, you want to do this? I'd like you to join me in this. You know, kind of thing. That's, that's mm-hmm. the best way, you know, kind of thing, because you, you start it, you know, you're not you're not poking at each other, trying to figure each other out. You're, you're doing the same thing right from the get-go to, to make it what you both envision. You know, kind of thing, so. so, and then how did you get from Dark Fur to uh, Country Cat? Well, there's Cliptic. Um, and in between. And so I went to open Ecliptic and my wife, we were starting family and my wife was starting a new career as a respiratory therapist at Emanuel. And so she was doing the night shifts and I would open the Ecliptic and it just, our lives were just, we had a newborn and a three-year-old. And so it was, it was hectic. So I took a year off, um, just, uh, to be a stay-at-home dad for a year. And then, um, you know, Country Cat presented itself, and that's that's where, you know, after it was time, you know, Sarah got settled into her job. She got day shifts and stuff like that. So um, did you yeah. go – were you at Country Cat at the street location first before you went? No. You were, you were hired just 
brought on, I should say, brought on just to deal with the airport, which is a big challenge for a company that had never done that before. And you had never done that either. Oh, absolutely. The airport's a completely different animal, you know, completely. And we have, we have, uh, no, everybody, like TSA does knife checks on us and we have to produce every knife we have in our inventory. Um, and nobody thinks of that kind of thing, but it makes sense, you know, kind of thing. Right. So it just adds, an, adds another layer to, uh, to the, to the game. Are those random or daily? Random. We, we do daily and then they come in randomly, just like a health department kind of thing. And then you just have to produce every knife and you can't have too little or too many. <laughs> you have to have the exact same. <laughs> what happens if you don't? What? So let's say there's a missing knife, right? And you don't know. You can't know offhand where that went. What happens? There's a hefty fine. It's just a fine. It was at the. I mean, your first is a hefty, and it's hefty. I mean, the airport does not mess around with those kind of things. You know, that's another lesson we learned. You know, is the the badging and escorting and all that stuff. You know, is that they and it, it's by design. You know, it has to be that way. Because a knife goes missing. You're yeah, no, security. I know, but the but the yeah. challenge for you is you don't know who took it. You don't, so you just have to deal with the problem because you have to do you have to do your due diligence in hiring. But you never yes. know. You just never know. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's my main job right now is to hire correctly. You know, kind of thing because I have a, a restaurant that is busy right now across the river. And I'm sitting here talking to you. That's mm -hmm. a comfort level that, you know, I, it, it, it behooves me that culture to, to have trust up and down, you know, kind of thing so that they know, you know, we've built this relationship with each other, you know, and they must have been there forever. So I, I can, I can leave the property and know that it's in good hands at any given time. And post pandemic, I haven't even hired any kind of support management. I've just been doing it myself because that's that works better than having you know somebody come in and have a different vision and at, usually at that level they they seem to like to want to turn over rocks and look for things bad and it's when you do that you find them you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. And, it's, and so no it's, it's it's a it's a it's a it's selfish in a way because you know working hard to do it the right way in the first place allows you to you know people say how stressful you know how that has to be stressful it's you make it as stressful as you want to make it well, yeah, you, you've, you've swung the bat, though, so you know you can handle a level of stress that perhaps someone like myself couldn't handle. Pausing just a moment here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, an institution, a Portland institution, Ringside Steakhouse. And get excited because now Ringside is open seven days a week, so you can join them for indoor and heated patio dining any day of the week. The hours are Monday through Thursday, 5 to 9, Friday, 4.30 to 9.30, Saturday, 4 to 9.30, and Sunday, 4 to 9. So everything's closed. Close to the same, but go on Ringside's website to check out the updated hours and, of course, uh, see about their prime rib three-course $48 special that is moving back to its historic Monday. Yeah, that's really great. I, I, that's one of my favorite things to get at Ringside Steakhouse. So uh, you can put that back on the agenda for a Monday night. So make those reservations on the website. Check out the hours on the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com.
You know, the restaurant business is not easy as it is, and we all know right now that people are generally more unreliable than they were pre-pandemic, oh, and, and they're and they're less plentiful. So uh, you've got all those things. So I'm curious. I don't know how much thinking you're doing about it right now, but it was a challenge in and of itself seven years ago to open that restaurant in an airport for you, and then this pandemic comes. That's a big challenge in dealing with it. Not only the logistics of running a restaurant and not even running it for a year, um, but also uh, mentally, all that's required to not know what's going on and then think you're going to come back and what's it going to be like. So now I, we're not at the end of the pandemic either, right? We like to think we are. But we're still dealing with it. And um, I'm wondering if at some point you're going to think, well, I've done this challenge and I want to go on to the next thing. Is that something you've been thinking about at all? And, you know, we, we I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play my cards here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't necessarily mean have you been thinking about it where you're making a plan? But in terms of your personal growth, do you think the day may come where you're ready for a different challenge than the ones that you, you know, there oh, may be a day where you just don't want to do this anymore? Absolutely. I mean, there, there's, you know, there's leases, there's things that will come, you know, it's a, this isn't forever, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And so just make it as good as you can while it's there. And, you know, and, you know, something will come along um, else. And, but I'm not actively thinking that and as challenging as them, you know, I, I received a paycheck all through the close down of the pandemic, you know, the loyalty mm -hmm. goes up and down, you know, the, the company out of California that, that finances us invested in me to say that if you'll, you'll wait this out with us, we'll, you know, we want you to be the person that recreates it, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, there's, there's certain things that I, I until the job's done, you know, but there will be a time to move on, you know, whether it's because the, you know, the, the lease is up and the airport's moved on, which happens, you know, kind of thing, or, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but right. I, I know, I know, I know that the, that the people I've always associated myself with, I want to keep a relationship with them post, you know, kind of thing. So no matter what, I want to make sure it's done correct. You know, anything, any kind of movement is done correctly. And we're not in a place where I can move on right now because, as I said, I haven't even hired an assistant. You know, right, kind of right. So, well, I find it interesting that you don't have an assistant and you are sitting here doing this podcast. And who knows what's going on at the restaurant right now? But you know because you have some good people in place. But the customers are the trump card there because you just never know what, you know. Yeah, and I mean, that's such a high stress situation. Well, you know, I mean, the post-pandemic has been, you know, faced this challenge. But, you know, we, lo we look at it as we expect out of anyone what we expect out of everyone. And so if you're going to bring in some kind of agenda, you know, whether it be entitlements, you know, or, you know, we, 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 what we provide, we're, you're going to walk out of there feeling like, holy cow, I just experienced this in an airport. And, you know, every once in a while, somebody comes along and says, oh, this is how it's going to be. And it's like, no, you, this isn't the place for you, you know, mm -hmm. even during the, the, you know, during the mask mandate, it wasn't, it, we, we weren't going to allow you to dictate the terms. That's mm -hmm. the, if you're, if you, everybody's expected to wear one, you're not special, you know, and mm -hmm. then people start thinking they're special 
they can take it somewhere else. You know, they really can. It's it's not worth the time and it's not worth, you know, I don't want pandering. I don't want any of my staff pandering to somebody that's going to see them differently and mm-hmm. come in and expect them, you know, and sometimes it's a lesson for them, you know, to put a, you know, put a mirror in front of them and say, you know what, you, you know, you're, you're entitled, you think you're entitled, you have no reason, you know, you're just sit right. back and relax. Well, we're all in this together too, man. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> You like to think anyway. So for those, it's probably a little late, but um, for those uninitiated, talk a little bit um, about the Country Cat and what makes it so special. I could do that, but I think coming from you would probably be better. I think it would be better coming from you. Well, that's, yeah, (laughs) either way, but, you know, I think it, I honestly, I think it goes back to Adam's roots, right? So when you're in the, what appealed to me when I first learned about the country cat was food that I really had never had before and prepared in such a way, you know, it's real homey. Um, I like to think, and it's just delicious. And I'm, I assume that recipes really haven't changed from the day that you opened seven years ago, unless you have something new, but generally speaking, you know, you, I, when I think of the uh, restaurant in the airport, I'm usually traveling early, and it's an incredible breakfast. It is a great way to start your trip. Um, and then I also have this vision of, you know, I had to cut orange juice out of my out of my diet a little bit, and just fresh orange juice with the bacon and the eggs and everything. It's just it's just like the perfect preparation. This is like not. A diner, it's a step up from a diner. It's absolutely delicious. I don't know if that was a good description at all. Because I haven't been there in a while, right? I haven't been flying for a while. But um, yeah, and then, you know, I used to get the jerky at at the Country Cat. I mean, I always told everybody, go there, eat this, this, and that. And, uh, you know, the trout was always incredible. But I don't know if you have that at the airport. I doubt it. Um, But uh, but get... uh, a bunch, get 20 bucks worth of jerky and take it home. I always thought that was a, a great opportunity to have something that you normally, you know, wouldn't get in a restaurant. So I don't know if that was, I didn't, I didn't congeal that into a paragraph. I thought maybe perfect. you could. It was perfect. No, <laughs> was the elevator huge, speech. <laughs> no, it's a, I mean, that's a huge compliment. That's, I appreciate that because that's what we strive to do. We just, you know, we just, we, we open every day. And we just want everybody that comes in to to set the bar differently and to have the experience that when you walk out of there, you just really feel like you just experienced something that was not the norm. And that's all the way down to, you know, the details. And, you know, that's the, the bar program. That's the, the market grab-and-go section. Everything we we think of, we try to, we try to do it the correct way. And we'll... we'll take painstaking efforts in order to make sure it's right to start with, and then we'll learn and adapt. You know, I mean, you spoke about the Country Cats menu. We've had to adapt into more of a um, sandwich kind of place um, post-pandemic because everything's changed, you know, kind of thing. And so we look at, you know, if you you tell people how it's going to be, they're going to tell you, you know, you're not going to like what they tell you. You know, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you have to adapt. You have to adapt and look at your environment. You have to, but you also do your due diligence going into it. And, and you know, we have a, a zero proof program that I, I could say probably is unlike any in, in any airport in the, you know in the United States. And we we meticulously chose everything correctly 
so that when it hit the menu, it represented, you know, kind of thing. And when people eyeball it, they're like, holy cow, you know. So we're paying attention to those things, you know, the, the tap selection. It's, you know, it's short, it's seven, seven beers, but it's seven beers that anybody that knows beer would walk in and go, wow, that's well thought out, you know, wine mm-hmm. program, same thing, you know. And then we also, we, we also have deep relationships that we've built so that, you know, when, when the allocated bourbons come out, we were part of that. And that's, that's not heard of in airports, you know, kind of thing. We have, we have a top shelf that is full of, oh, we're going to get one bottle of this this year. We're going to get two bottles of that this year. You know, and that's not that's not an airport mentality. So we just kind of, you know, it's it's fortunate because Jackie, Adam, and myself have built these relationships. We've worked hard for this, and the payoff is, you know, these relationships pay off for, for us and them. You know, kind of thing. You want you want to be part of our wall. You want your product to be, uh, you know, that's what we want. You know, we want we want to when people look around our place and look at the selections, we want people to think. Wow, you know, and then we want the vendor to you know be proud of that they're carrying. You know, then we want them to use it as a selling point to somebody else. You know, hey, I've got my product at Country Cat. You know, same thing with Doug Fur. You know, you, you know, same thing anywhere. You know, I'm involved. And I, I think when you moved in there seven years ago, I'm not an expert on this, but there weren't a lot of there wasn't a plethora anywhere in the country, and I travel a little bit or in the world of excellent restaurants in airports. So, you know, there was there weren't operators who were like you all seven years ago. And now there are. I'm, I mean, my yeah. God, the yeah. the yeah, the whole absolutely. the whole world of airport dining has changed. I know absolutely. my cousin has a, a deal in San Francisco with his bacon bacon. I don't know if you've ever been down there, but um but even in Portland, and uh, of course, with the expanded, you know, the new terminal, um, I've read. I haven't been around, but there are going to be a lot more. So I don't know if you actually set the pace right off the bat, but the bar was pretty low when you moved in. And when mm-hmm. you're excellent, then you and you not only just go right above the bar, you go, you set the new bar way up there, you know, to Michael Jordan territory to use an analogy um i would i think that is you know i will add that to what i said before the bar is really is really up there and it's a great it's 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 cool to go there and jump over that bar and watch you guys jump over the bar too well thank you thank you yeah and i mean yes airport dining has um evolved greatly and yes we were on the forefront of that and people and you know I, i i'm I'm confident that nobody's doing it to the extent we're doing it with freezer space and stuff like that. And also we're very lucky because I said, as I said, there's a financial backing group out of a restaurant group out of California. I haven't seen them in person in three, four, three years, you know, Mm. in person. And, you know, we do zoom meetings and stuff like that. But, uh, the we're very fortunate. That's our group that we, we associate ourselves with because that's not the norm in airports. They allowed us to do what we're doing. And once we started winning the awards, they were like, well, this is building their portfolio. They saw that they saw where they you know, it, it helped them. So mm-hmm. we, we're not run. Um, a lot of places, and I don't want to bat, you know, bad talk are the names on the front of the restaurant are not who, what you get when you go inside, once you walk inside. And there's certain people that are still dedicated to, to that. And you can see them and, you know, you, you 
my my the only thing is that with the with the escalation because yes there's some great restaurants going into airports and people doing it correctly but there's also a huge contingency of two or three monopoly companies out there that own 80 percent of the restaurants in airports across the country and they just want that name on the board you know the, mm-hmm. the marquee and that's you know, that's it you know, kind of thing. and we're lucky because on the way who owns us that that was you know maybe they learned they adapted with it because maybe that wasn't their original vision but they saw what we were doing and allowed us to do it. Well, I also think uh, the city of Portland and the state of Oregon owe you um, owe you a lot because that is uh, you know a lot of people that's their last impression of the area when they leave right and so you're also dealing with customers, a lot of customers who are going to be loyal, who are Portlanders who are traveling, but then you've got a huge contingency of people who are never going to, probably never going to be back. So, but that's their last impression of Portland and it may be their first. I don't think a lot of people go eat when they get off a plane. They're usually on their way to no, somewhere. No, but we see more than the norm does just because of that. You know? Right, exactly. So, um, but it's, you know, it's key that uh, I think for the tourism business that you guys continue to operate and operate well, I think it would be a, um, it's a great boon to, uh, to the city and the state that that is, you know, you're the welcome mat. So, uh, and, and the goodbye mat, the welcome mat is also a goodbye mat. People have to walk on it when they leave. So, um, I think that's really cool. Let's touch, we're running out of time here. I wanted to touch a little bit on some of the, uh, just, get some of your ideas on uh, where you like to eat. And uh, if you got a few that people may not have on the top of their list, that would be cool. I, I probably don't have any hidden jewels because <laughs> the, 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 actually the choices have become limited, more limited, but I am a big fan of a, f- a few places and they're the ones that you would kind of expect because, you know, Ian nailed it. Aim, aim just as soon as I walked into that place, because you know when you're in the business for so many years and you you do things, you can walk into a place and one the energy of the place. That's another thing about Country Cat is we the energy. You know, you walk by it, you get sucked in, and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. Well, aim, aim has nailed it in all capacities. You know, um, the only the only thing I saw that I would say what's that about us because they they acquired a building that had a big kitchen to start with because i think the kitchen might be a little too big for the but that's you know that's, that's your infrastructure you, do, you know you 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 got you know when you, when you start to lease um I, I like hot guy so those are the when people come to town yeah. those are the two places i take them and those are those are typical but they're 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 both places are just nailing it on what they're well, doing they may they're typical for portland i guess they're typical names that people would throw out there but they're not typical right. restaurants mm. uh you know when you get someone coming in from yeah. out of town they're yeah. really special earl ninsom who's a, a friend of mine i'm glad to call him a friend and has been on the podcast uh we need to have him on again i keep thinking it's been too long but yeah with he knows uh, what he's doing yeah he, knows he really doing. knows what he's doing and he did you know, he started small and he started at some other places and then kind of built it. And, uh, man, what he's built is incredible. I haven't been to, you know, the old Atala space where he's got two restaurants now, where he's got mm-hmm. Long Bon. And I I never even know how to pronounce the... Be careful. Be yeah, careful. <laughs> so, you know, but, um, so fuck it, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Uh, you know, I moved. I moved over to this Vancouver condo uh, at the end of last year, 
and Rally Pizza up here in Vancouver is stellar. Mm-hmm. And it's an it's 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 uh, alumni um, from another pizza location, and it's a couple just kind of like Jackie and Adam. But Rally Pizza in Vancouver is great i've been there i can claim that i've been there any other in vancouver we just had our friend wendy bumgardner on if anybody's listening to this and wants to uh wants to listen to her vancouver recommendations they're great i don't know if you have any on top of that places you just jump out to without having to go very far well little kenyos is uh the the taco place downtown is Mm -hmm. really really it's another place that i walk into and i'm like nailed it you know, kind of thing. And they, and they're consistent. They're good. And, you know, you, you feel like you want to go there. Kind of mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Yeah. So also I, you know, this is, I, I assume this is, you couldn't ask this question where I came from in Connecticut, but I can ask you cause it's Portland and everybody's supposed to do this. Are there any other restaurants in the airport that you think maybe aren't near yours that are in another terminal that you think are doing a pretty good job that you want to mention or no? You don't have to. <laughs> um, they're all, you know, they're all my neighbors and it's about the community and they're all, you know, <laughs> we're, we're all, we're all in it together. And, you know, I don't, yeah, I'll go, I'll go um, down the hall and grab a lunch somewhere, somewhere else. And not only just to check out what they're doing, but to, because I, I want to, you know, I want to, that's the nice thing about the Portland airport is it's, it's like this little city and there's options, you know, there's options and those are good options, you know, kind of thing. So, well, um, they probably have that that's thanks to you who's, who got it going. I think I know there are others that I, yeah. I'm not aware of or I'm not thinking of, but um, yeah, Country Cat was. I mean, when I think of going to PDX, I say to people, "Hey, we get to go to Country Cat now." That's one of traveling to, generally sucks, and that's one of the positives. Is well, before we even have to deal with an airport internationally, at least we're going to step foot into Country Cat. So, we have to, are we going to talk baseball? Yeah, all right, we got a few minutes to talk baseball, those who are still with us. Um, so you're a Mariners fan. You just made some deals, right? And you got a shot, as far as I know, at a playoff spot, right? How far out are you from the wild card? Uh, I mean, they're directly in the wild card hunt, um, but they're, they're, you know, they're making deals that are making them better, but they're also losing players at a rapid rate for when they need them the most, you know, they just, they just did six games with the Astros, seven games with the Astros and went one and six against them. Yeah. Well, they they did have a a nice winning streak before that, but I must ask you as a Met fan, how's that, how's that Cano Edwin Diaz uh, deal working out now? Well, he hasn't pitched yet. Uh, no, so, no, Dia, Edwin Diaz, the guy oh, who traded two oh, Mets. Oh, well, that's every baseball. Every I'm, I'm thinking of the kid they got from uh, Cincinnati. No. Oh no, I, I mean, yeah, that's typical of any organization you love. You just watch them do something so stupid, and then you're like, that could have been our guy. You know, I mean, it's like yeah, Jordan getting- the first year, all Met fans thought that was the worst deal ever, and now everybody's all in on it. And and now watching Robbie Cano you know, just get released from his third team this year. Um, yeah. It's, it's a good deal. I'm trying to, Oh, uh, Kellenick is the guy that you guys got who really didn't pan out. So yes, the Mets got the best of that deal by far. Cause Diaz oh, is just far. like killer. Have you watched any of the, um, 
the trumpet videos when he comes in when he's pitching. I've not seen it. I uh, I'll definitely. There's one that was from the other day when he came in pitching against the Yankees that literally I watched 20 times. It was so cool. And I didn't know because they always go to commercial break. So I didn't know they had this trumpet music whenever Edwin Diaz comes in. But we were talking about you and the Mariners, so I'm sorry. It's hard as a Met fan not to bring that up. Um, I think the the greatest thing, baseball, you know, I grew up playing baseball. And and I I love sitting in a ballpark. And it doesn't matter where that ballpark is because it's just it's glorious mm-hmm. and last summer coming out of covid my i have a 11 year old son and he's a great kid and we, we have great times together but you know before covid he blazer games could keep him occupied for long enough with the action and then coming out of covid we went up for our first baseball trip as him being somebody that could actually watch a game instead of just you know right. trying to, to keep him occupied or get and, you out of there in the sixth inning because I right, right. Oh, that's yeah. When my kids were little, we got six innings and that was it. We yeah, that, that that could be lucky. But the last summer we went up for a series. We took the train up, and uh, it was at the time where COVID. You were making reservations, you know, for things, and so we went to a Saturday night game. Took the train up, and then Sunday we were going to the aquarium, and found out that the aquarium you had to make reservation three months ago to go to. And so I was um, asking Lucas, like, okay, so we can't do that. Really, what do you want to do today? And he's like, can we go back to the ballpark? Nice. And I was like, hell yes. And so, so him and I, you know, it's been a great great father-son relationship in that capacity because I've been able to share baseball with him, and he enjoys it. So we go, we'll go up to Seattle. We'll either drive or take the train, stay in one of the hotels that's, you know, park the car for the weekend and stay across the street where, you know, kind of thing. And it's just – it's it's really great. And so now um, – Go, Boston trip was planned based around a music uh, festival that's on um, on Martha's Vineyard, and it's like mm-hmm. a stupid good lineup, and mm-hmm. it's super exclusive, you know, kind of thing. But something I've been eyeballing. So did you did you it. call in some favors to get tickets to that? No, and I actually was I I no, and I I I went the path, and I I'm glad I did because. You know, I mean, that's part of the, the relationship building and stuff like that is, you know, I'll go to a couple shows at, at Edgefield, um, you know, every year, and it's I'm treated really well. You and know, you, but you don't but, want to take advantage of that. Too exactly. Much, so. And, you know, and I've been on the other side of it where, you know, um, for, you know, where you, you see the certain same person, you know, asking for favors a lot. You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. I got tickets to this festival and it's Wilco's headlining with, uh, Oh, nice. Oh yeah. They're, they're one of three back is headlining. And oh. it's the, yeah. All bands that I know. It's so nice now <laughs> to hear that. Cause, but the uh, lineup goes deep and it goes uh, deep, like great. And you're paying for it, you know, kind of thing. You're paying the, the ticket price being on that, you know, it's the size of edge. What's, so, what's the ticket price for that? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, in the lodging, I mean, you're staying yeah, on the yeah. cape, you know, you're staying out there. It's, 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 well, it's, it's, an expensive, it's an expensive thing, but it's a once, you know, we haven't done anything since pre-COVID as far as like a Hawaii vacation. Right. That's like how that. I justify a lot. We didn't do anything yeah. for a long time. Yeah, exactly. So, so then, you know, Hey, there's a baseball stadium called Fenway that's there, you know? And so we're making the trip, you know, four days in Boston and four days on the Island. You know, kind of thing. So, and then, I was going to mention, you know, you say your son is 11. This is a big thing in my life. 
Um, there is a brick at City Field that commemorates my mother and me going to Game oh. Five of oh. the 1969 World Series. Um, so I was there with my mom when the Mays and Mets, when Jerry Kuzman, you know, was pitching, and um, it. I just have chills through myself, through my body right now, just even talking about that's, it. I was oh, that's 11. spectacular. Yeah, so I was 11, and I lived in New York City, and we had season tickets to the Jets. We were Mets fans. We were Knicks fans. We were Rangers fans. Three out of the four won a championship within a one-year period when I was 11 years old. That is crazy. And generally speaking, you know, I'm not a Yankee fan, but generally speaking, it's been a pretty dry rest of my life with those teams. Uh, and I'm only left with the Mets. I could, I could care less about football. I wouldn't be able to name one player on the Jets. But there's that. And then the other thing, quickly, I'll mention is that I live out here now because I took two trips with my sons, two entire summers across the country, uh, doing all Major League Baseball parks. And so we did, except for the ones in Boston and New York, we'd already done, and Baltimore, we'd already done that. But everything else we did in 02 and 03, it's now 20 years ago. And, um, you know, I was just sitting here. I'm here with my la last night with my son, who was, I think, 11 then. He's 30. We were watching uh, Scherzer pitch last night together. So it's a, you know, it's a bonding thing and probably more so than food. That <laughs> 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 baseball. Well, but we did, also, we did hot dog away, too. Yeah, yeah, we did hot dog ratings at every ballpark. And I'm sure yeah. things have changed since then. I'll tell you the. The best I remember was in Milwaukee, and I think Colorado had excellent dogs, too, although Colorado had shitty fans who didn't understand the game who would boo when their pitcher intentionally walked the batter. <laughs> and, uh, um, but the worst hot dogs were Dodger dogs. Absolutely. I, I agree. Hands down. I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> well, I agree. I, I'm not worried about getting. Well, maybe I should worry about a lawsuit. But that was then. That was 20 years no. ago. No, um, absolutely. No, I'm glad you said because I would have said, you know. Um, but I hope someday that I get to say that same exact thing that I did a cross country trip because that would be, you know, going to Fenway on a trip is is one thing, but dedicating a trip and then that's the nice thing about going on a trip like that is you get experience the other things that cities have to offer too. You know, you don't. Just, oh. Yeah, and you really get a feel for um, the city just by the, the vending and the people. So you go to St. Louis, everybody's got red on and their hair is parted on the side, neatly combed, which is a lot different than Philadelphia. So um, it, it was a great thing to do. I don't know how you're going to do it with your job at the Country Cat, but maybe it's around time because your son is that age where it's a really good time to do it. And I, I, you know, it's different now. Gas was a, a dollar 75 a gallon. Then we didn't even, I didn't even have food in the budget. I had hotels and the hotels, what we did, just if you ever want to follow this plan, it worked out really well. It's different now, but I made reservations at choice hotels around the country every night. So we had, you know, we, and we didn't only do ballparks cause it was 50 nights the night before when I was in the city before, I would go on and go to Priceline and try to get really nice Westons and Hyatts for 75 bucks a night. I put in what I thought was reasonable. We didn't stay at one choice hotel. Every one of my Priceline things hooked, and we stayed in these beautiful hotels um, for not a lot of money. So that's why the other reason I was able to afford to do it. And I had a buddy at Comcast Sportsnet in 
uh, Baltimore, who hooked me up with really good tickets around the country. I called in that one favor, and it meant you know tickets. All oh hell yeah, so hell yeah. That, no, that's, yeah! that was pretty. You don't cool. you don't take a you don't take a trip like that without uh, you know trying to figure out the best way to do do it. And that's when you got yeah you build relationships. Well, also now the tickets would be insane. So twenty years yeah. ago, the highest price ticket might have been seventy five hundred but it wasn't even yeah now forget it so it's a whole whole different ball game one other thing in that regard talking about food and baseball one it was 20 years ago or so when i went to the uh, it was at shea stadium went to get hot dogs and popcorn and sodas for my kids and me and i did a calculation while i was online if mike piazza then based on his salary would have sent the, spent the same percentage of his salary as i spent of mine on that meal at the at the soup at the stand he would have spent thirty eight thousand dollars to get a few <laughs> hot dogs and a couple of drinks <laughs> and now that would be three hundred eighty thousand dollars based right, on what they're right. making today so it's right. nuts i'm not listen my income hasn't gone up that you know commensurately with baseball incomes but so do you think you're going to be in the playoffs i think the mariners have a sh- good shot i hope so because they they deserve the, they they they've got a great team. It's just keeping them healthy at the right time. They they had two major injuries. They need a week. World Series win. They have oh, to do God. it. I was just oh, watching yeah. that. Have you watched? Uh, I just happened to be watching the the captain, the Derek Jeter thing the other day, and oh my God, it was heartbreaking for the the Mariners uh, back then and the Yankees. Oh, yeah. who the Mariners beat, but didn't get much further. So I mean, uh, if you're a Blazer fan, if you're a you know, it's part of the part of the you know, the, the long droughts and stuff. Well, yeah, that too. But, you know, one thing, I've, I joined these Mets Facebook groups and got out of them because everybody's complaining based on every pitch, every game. And Absolutely. that's not what baseball is all about, man. It's a marathon. And yeah. listen, the bottom line is you talk about the Blazers, you talk about any any professional sports, only about 3% of fans get to be happy at the end of the year. Right, only three percent. Right, right. The rest are all dealt with some major disappointment along the way, and but uh, you enjoy the moments that lead up to that. You know, I don't think it's all about championships. It's all about the time you spend just enjoying the the game. I particularly enjoy your Mariners announcers are pretty good, but I particularly enjoy my Mets guys are awesome. As a matter of fact, Gary Cohen, who's the uh, play-by-play mm-hmm. guy, he and I were born on the exact same day. I have connected oh. with his wife, but can't get through to him. And I don't want to be a groupie, but dude, I, listen, I got all these Mets stories, and we were born on the same day. Come on. Uh, he's, he hasn't responded yet. But I love Keith Hernandez, too. Listening to Keith Hernandez is awesome. So that's the enjoyment for me is listening to the game. When the game's on ESPN, I'm less interested, believe it or not. It's even, well, tonight. Uh, you know, we have DeGrom going. So again, so that's going to be a big one. We're going to watch that. So, um, anything else, what should we impart to people, um, cut to find country cat? It's just country cat PDX or is it just country cat um, on, on the web? Uh, not that I don't know PDX. if people need it. Yeah. It's country cat PDX. And then are you still on it? You got to be on Instagram, right? Instagram. Yeah. 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 Good. It's, what are, it's a little different ball game when you're buying security at, at an airport. You have no advertisement budget, you know, right. Because, uh, the airport's delivering them, you know? So, so that's another part of it is like, that's why our reputation is so important because we, you know, they deliver, they deliver the people through the, through the styles and you know, 
turns out we we we, we produce. You know. Yeah. Speaking of that, you just you just caused me to think. You got a lot of travelers. I need to enlist you to help me uh, sell my trips uh, on Port- from Portland food. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You're the guy. I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> so listen, on that note, um, I really appreciate you taking the time, Brian. This was great. Um, and I hope there's that little hiss Brian can get rid of. But I'll tell you what, if that hiss stays throughout the throughout the podcast, it's worth it because I really enjoyed this interview. I didn't, you and I didn't know each other well. You were yeah. kind. You've always been kind or there was one time Jose and I were leaving to Barcelona, Jose Chesa, and you were so gracious and made us feel so special. And I was just saying to Jose, that set the tone. This is going to be a great trip because we had a great experience at the country gut. I really appreciate that. I don't, you know, I don't know you very well other than to see some of the things you post on Facebook and comment on, but this was a real treat spending uh, over an hour with you. Um, on a Tuesday morning, uh, when you probably want to get off and get to work, perhaps I don't know if you're going today. I'll, I'll go in. Yeah. Okay. I've already, I've already been in. I've already been in once. What time do you go in in the morning generally? Uh, I mean, we open at four in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not there at four in the morning. Uh, yeah. Maybe in the beginning depends. you were, but not now. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yes. That, that that's part of it was the opening up places not realizing what four in the morning looked like. You know? Right. <laughs> and you had to, and that's getting there for, you have to get up a right. little earlier to get there. Right. So, well, listen, right. thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. And I will look forward to seeing you soon. Perhaps I'm going to be in the airport in uh, September. So that'd be great. That'd be great. We'll, we'll look for you. All right, man. Thanks so much. Um, have a sir. great day and uh, good luck. I hope we see you. Wouldn't it be fun to see you in the world series and go to a game? By the way, a buddy of mine uh, is Ethan Stoll, who, you know, has oh. a lot to do with the, the ballpark up there, whatever it's called now. I'm used to calling it safe. I, I don't even pay attention anymore. I just show up to the park. Right, right. Yeah, well, good. Blaze, same thing in Blazers. You know, it's, it's the Rose Garden forever for me. Right. Well, there's, Oh, yeah, it's the Motor Center. Right. Sorry. My insurance company. Took me a second to think of it. All right. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it very much. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again. Absolutely. And say hi to Jackie and Adam for me, please. I will definitely. definitely. All right. Thanks. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right